everyone, and welcome to the Barbell Mamas podcast. My name is Christina Previtt. I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist, researcher in exercise and pregnancy, and a mom of two who has competed in CrossFit, powerlifting, or weightlifting, pregnant, postpartum, or both. In this podcast, we want to talk about the realities of being a mom who loves to exercise. Whether you're a recreational uh, exerciser or an athlete, we want to talk about all of the things that we go through as females going into this motherhood journey. We're going to talk about fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum topics that are relevant to the active individual. While I am a pelvic floor physical therapist, I am not your pelvic floor physical therapist and know that this podcast does not substitute medical advice. All right, come along for this journey with us while we navigate motherhood together, and I can't wait to get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barbell Mamas podcast. Christina Private here, and today we are going to tackle embarrassing pelvic floor issues that happen in the gym. When we are talking about pelvic health in general, we are talking about sensitive and sometimes very taboo topics. You know, we talk about sex and peeing or pooping when you don't want to be peeing or pooping. And if you're like me, who's been in the pelvic health space for a really long time, you get kind of used to having some of these conversations. And I always joke that there's no such thing as TMI. And so today the goal is to have the TMI conversation about embarrassing things that happen in the gym. And so the three things that we're gonna talk about is queefing, corgasms, and farting in the bottom of the squat. If this has happened to you, I am here for you. We are gonna talk about why it happens and what to do about it. If this has never happened to you or you have never heard of any of these things, then I am super excited to teach you about some things that happen in pelvic health. And maybe if you bring this up to friends, family, well, maybe you might not want to bring it up to family, but maybe you do, then you may see that this is actually a lot more common than we think. So let's dive into number one and start with queefing. Queefing is also called vaginal wind or vaginal flatulence. And this is because it very, very it very much mimics the sound that you would have when you fart and hence the embarrassment factor doesn't have the smell there's no it's generally odorless but it does have the sound and when you have that sound and it is something that you were not anticipating or you didn't know was something that was going to be happening to you it can be quite alarming probably the most common reason or situation where individuals are hearing that audible sound or queefing is with sexual activity. When you are in certain sexual positions, your pelvic floor is longer and lengthened, your body is relaxed. And then when you move positions, that contracting of the pelvic floor, if air has come into your vaginal canal, can escape and you hear that audible sound. You can also have it with penetrative intercourse, so with either uh, dilators or sex toys or a penis inserting within vagina, you can have that sound happen when they are finished or when they exit the vaginal canal. 
And that is when a lot of people will describe experiencing queefing. But in the gym, it can also happen. And so when they a person will queef with exercise is usually with exercises like jogging, sit-ups or certain core movements, and with inversions. So if we are talking in the yoga space, when individuals go into inverted positions and then they come back down, when they go inverted, air comes into the vagina. And when they come back down, that air escapes and you get that audible sound. In CrossFit, those inversions are our handstand movements. And so individuals will really express that they've been mortified because a queef has happened when they go upside down into a handstand pushup, body changes position, our organs kind of ease off of our pelvic floor on purpose, obviously we're shifting around, but what can happen is air can get into the vaginal canal with that movement and then they come down or kick down or they get into this squished position with a kipping handstand push-up and then they come up and they will have that audible release of air. And for CrossFitters, it's not usually as bad because the music is blaring, it is super loud, that many times they feel that they are passing wind from their vagina, but they may not have other people around them hear it. Um, That is not the case if you are in a very quiet yoga studio (laughs) and it can be really mortifying. And so why does this happen? We don't have a ton of research to, to look a lot at the mechanism, but from what we've seen clinically and what we can gain from the little research that we do have, it can be a positioning thing. So it can be because, you know, in that inversion, we're letting uh, the position of our body is changing that it makes it more likely that air is going to come into the vagina. Or it can be a perineum looseness issue. And I'm going to explain what that is. Or it can be because of either your pelvic floor being too loose or sometimes too tight, which can sometimes be confusing. And we're going to try and tease these apart. When we talk about the perineum, so the perineum is from the bottom edge of your vagina to the top of your butthole. And so that piece of tissue can be stretched, for example, with a vaginal delivery. So if you gave birth via vagina, then there's a big stretch that happens to that posterior part or that perennial body. And that stretch can make you more likely to queef. That is in combination with the fact that your pelvic floor just went through a big stretch as well. And especially early on postpartum, we are not as strong because we are recovering from birth. What that means is, is that the opening of our vagina is bigger and it it does come back to where, or it comes back a little bit, but it doesn't come back 100% to where you were before you had a vaginal delivery. And that just makes sense. Our body changes through pregnancy and delivery. And so the combination of having that weak pelvic floor and that big stretch to our perineum can be this kind of perfect storm 
to be experiencing some of these things early postpartum. And so when I am talking to my yogis or I am talking to my runners or I am talking to my CrossFitters, if I get them in pregnancy, which is fantastic if I do, then I kind of warn. And we warn on the Barbell Mamas as well. You may feel this. You know, in our postpartum CrossFit program, we say, you know, there might be a queef that happens and I am not worried about it. You don't need to be worried about it. But here's some things that we can work on if this is happening to you. For some people, this is just the uh, early postpartum healing. There are individuals who experience this most commonly around menopause. And so that there could be some hormone pieces to that because when you're breastfeeding and when you're in menopause, our estrogen is lower. And so that affects how strong our ligaments are around our pelvis and around our vagina, which may contribute to being more likely to have that queefing happen to you with exercise or sexual activity. Um, however, um, that early postpartum healing, we generally see an improvement or at least queefing happens less often when we are in those um, or kind of outside of those early postpartum uh, moments. When it comes to what to do about it, we have to kind of figure out if it is a weakness issue or it's a holding on too tight issue. If you are in the early postpartum period, it is most likely going to be a weakness issue and we're gonna work on getting your pelvic floor stronger and then figure out how to change our body mechanics a little bit to make it less likely to happen. If it is a tightness issue, and the way that we can kind of figure out if you're on the tighter side of the spectrum is if you're also having pain associated with different activities. So things like pain with intercourse or pain with penetration, pain with tampon insertion can be maybe a hint that we're on the tighter side of the spectrum. It's not perfect and I would definitely see a pelvic floor physical therapist or your medical provider if you're trying to figure out what side of the spectrum you're on, but that's kind of a, a guideline to try and figure out where you may be. If you are on the weakness side of the spectrum or you are in that early postpartum period, then things that we can be working on, let's go with the example of a sit-up and then we'll go through the example of a handstand push-up. So when we go and lie flat on our back, if we're in a butterfly position, that is a one of the best, actually, positions for our pelvic floor to be relaxed and lengthened. So we can start by switching to a knees up position to get out of that lengthened position for the pelvic floor, and that may help with symptoms. And then we can try and focus on breath for the sit-up. So if we are holding our breath in this butterfly position and going from a flat back to a fully flexed position, we are going to have an expulsion type of movement with going from extension to flexion. And when we hold our breath, our pressure in our belly increases, which we may need to actually get ourselves up, but it also may be indicative of being more likely to have that queefing happen. So number one, bring our feet from a butterfly position to a knees up position. And you may not go as far and that's totally fine or a straight leg position if you're trying to do a full sit up. 
and then try and breathe out to get that pelvic floor to contract when your pressure is increasing and you are trying to do a sit-up. So that is ways for us to kind of prime the pelvic floor and get us contracting at the right time to try and reduce that, that queef from happening. And know too that people are more likely to experience things like queefing when they're tired because our pelvic floor is tired too when our entire body is tired. Okay, second example is with inversions, and this goes for the handstand push-up, but it also goes for inversions with our yogis. We can try doing a tiny Kegel before we kick up against the wall. What that's gonna do is it's going to reduce that moment where air can come into the vagina. And then when we're upside down, we can maybe change our position so that as we come down, our knees aren't coming out as far to either side of our shoulders, but we're actually bringing our knees in close together. And so by doing that, again, we're getting out of that almost deep squat position that puts our pelvic floor in its most lengthened, which isn't bad. It just, we're trying to prevent queefing from happening and we can bring our, our knees in together to try and prevent that queef. If you're in the early postpartum period, I would not worry about queefing. If this is something that is super distressing to you and it is stopping you from exercising, please reach out to a pelvic floor PT because we don't want you to feel uncertain about exercise and there is definitely things that we can do about it. All right, that is queefing. Number two, the corgasm. I don't know if I love corgasm as the name, but it's also called exercise-induced sexual stimulation. And that is when you are exercising and you start to feel aroused. And so it may just be a, a symptom of arousal, but some people actually will also reach climax and orgasm. And anytime I post about this on my social media, I'm eye-rolling because there's always those individuals who are like, why would you stop this from happening? This sounds like the best thing ever. Or, you know, it's a lot of men who are saying, I wish that that would happen to me. And listen, bro, you do not want to have an accent all over your pants while you're in the middle of your bicep curl sets. And many, many, many women do not want this to happen either. And so when does corgasms happen? I remember when I was uh, competing at regionals, this seems like a lifetime ago, but we would have the known movements in our gymnastics, it's usually gymnastics or core stuff, that would cause each of our team members, all of our girls, to have sexual stimulation. And we would know because we would have to tag each other out when I was working on a team. It was so funny. Um, now being in the pelvic health space, because I was not in the pelvic health space when I was competing on that team, that we were trying to figure out these symptoms and what to do about them when we were competing in CrossFit. And so it's kind of funny now to think about that. But when we are thinking about when these, these core gasms happen, it is usually for activities that are going to be very, very core heavy or sometimes things that are hamstring or adductor heavy. Let's kind of go through some examples. So when we're thinking about core heavy, we have to think that all of our abs come together and they attach into our pubic bone. Well, our pubic bone is very close to our clitoris. And when we are using those muscles, more blood flow is going to those structures. 
The same is true with the adductors. It comes right into our pelvic floor, right into our pubic bones and all of the bottom bones of the pelvis. And our adductors and hamstrings do the same thing from the back. So either coming from the front with our core, from the sides in the inside of our thighs into the pelvic floor for our adductors or in the back when we're thinking about our hamstrings. And so it can be different movements. Like personally for me, I cannot do Nordic curls or heavy hamstring curls in the gym without getting sexual stimulation. But for movements like toast bar, I'm good. Other clients that I have worked with, colleagues of mine, they cannot do high rep toast bar because they will start to feel those symptoms and they're good to go when it comes to Nordic curls or heavy hamstring work. And the, um, the adductor machine where you're kind of squeezing your knees together, that is another one that really can get at that sexual stimulation and can be quite uncomfortable for individuals who are experiencing it. For individuals who are experiencing corgasms, most of the time it is us hitting a fatigue point and we are getting all that blood flow into the pelvic floor and we're starting to experience those symptoms. So what are you going to do about it? Um, if this is something that you want to do about, like if you're a gym bro and you're like, this sounds awesome, then cool. Um, this, nothing bad is gonna happen. It's just most of the time I wouldn't want to have an orgasm in the middle of a busy CrossFit class. That's, that's, that's just me though. Um, anyways, so what are we gonna do about it? The idea is to try and bring our level of activation of the muscles that are causing that symptom down below the threshold where we are starting to feel aroused. What I mean by that is if you are doing toast bar and you're starting to feel some things, then we're gonna get you to come down. You're going to take big belly breaths. And from a pelvic floor perspective, I want you to think about relaxing. And so what that can mean is feeling the feeling of relaxation. You can get into a deep supported squat and try and relax those muscles. You can think about kind of spreading the floor, um, trying to separate your two sit bones. There's lots of different cues that we can use, but the idea is to use big belly breaths, big breaths, as well as that relaxation to try and bring your arousal below a threshold that is bothersome for you. That may take only a couple seconds and then you can go into your next set. Eventually, the idea to try and prevent this from happening is to get your hamstrings or adductors or core stronger so that you're not hitting that fatigue point as often in your sets. And there, these are just kind of progressive overload strength and conditioning principles that we can utilize in order for us to try and prevent that corgasm from happening. If this is happening to you and you've tried some of these techniques, again, try and uh, seek out a provider because you know we do have conditions like genital arousal disorders where individuals are having uncomfortable, uh, too frequent times within their day where they're experiencing this sexual stimulation and it can make a huge impact on a person's quality of life when you feel like that very intimate moment that you only want to share with certain people is happening at times when it's not wanted. 
And there is a lot that we can do from a pelvic health perspective. There's also a ton that a urogynecologist is going to be able to help you with. And so that is something that we want. If it's isolated to the gym, the here are a couple of steps for us to work on it. If it is not isolated to the gym and you want to seek help, it is a known condition and we can absolutely help with it. So that's corgasms. We got queefing, we got corgasms, and the third one we're gonna talk about is farting in the squat. And this is not just our ladies. Listen, our gents, this is probably one of the biggest pelvic health issues that we see with men. When we talk about pelvic floor issues that we see in men, we talk often about hemorrhoids, hernias, and farting in the bottom of the squat. And so this is usually a bracing and breathing issue. We're going to do tons of episodes around bracing and how important bracing sequencing is for resistance training and preventing pelvic floor issues, also rehabbing pelvic floor issues if they do exist. But too often we are told with bracing that we want to inhale, take in lots of air, and then bear down into our pelvic floor. If you have air in your anal canal and you bear down and then you go into the bottom of a squat where your pelvic floor lengthens, it is this perfect storm trifecta that is going to cause air to escape. And this time it's going to be a fart and this time there is going to be an odor that is associated with it. And we can see sometimes in CrossFit classes that if we are doing heavy squats and there's a lot of individuals who are struggling with this, the gym starts to stink because people are having these issues and it might be silent, but it may not be. And there is a study that was done on Norwegian weightlifters and powerlifters. This was done out of Carrie Bow's lab and she released her study in 2020. And it said that men experience this a lot and that it's called anal incontinence where you leak uh, or you have wind that gets escaped when you are working on the squat or other uh, barbell movements where you're experiencing a high amount of inner abdominal pressure, but it is something that we want to be working on. And so if this is you, um, here are a couple things that I want you to work on. I'm going to apologize if you can hear my dog snoring in the background. Um, he is on the couch behind me and I thought it was going to be a problem, but he snores so bad. So I'm going to apologize if you hear a little bit. I'm going to try and remove that from the background audio if you can hear it, but just know that he is being very distracting. He is so cute, but so distracting and we're going to, we're going to figure it out. Okay. What do you do if you are farting in the bottom of the squat? The first thing we need to do is think about how you are bracing. When we are teaching bracing, we want to really think about inhaling nice and big and then tightening up the muscles of your core as if somebody was going to punch you in the stomach. The mom cues that I use are to hug the baby if you are pregnant or pretend that your toddler is about to jump on your belly. Instantly what we do is our rib cage comes over our pelvis and we tighten up all of those muscles. But we don't push down into our pelvic floor by bearing down. We only want to be bearing down, maybe gently if we're having a bowel movement, but most definitely when we're birthing a baby. And that is pretty much it. You're going to have that increase in pressure because your core muscles are on really tight. So you may feel a little bit of downward movement with the squat or with heavy lifting, but you should not be feeling this uh, this pressure or heaviness in 
your vaginal opening and it can oftentimes be a sequencing issue when it comes to the way that we are bracing, which that is kind of great because there's a very quick change that we make to instead of bearing down to draw in and, and create that recruitment that way that can help with, with these symptoms. And then the other thing is that we can start manipulating breathing. So if we are having these symptoms and it's really unwanted, we can try and exhale through the sticking points in these movements where we will tend to fart is either in the very bottom of the squat or when we're getting into that sticking point. And you can think about exhaling as relieving some pressure in a pressure gauge. So as our body is pushing, pushing, pushing against a squat, we are increasing, increasing our pressure. You'll feel people, you'll see people's faces start to go red because they are holding on to that pressure for a longer period of time. And eventually what we want to do is ease that pressure off. And so exhaling at a sticking point or out of the bottom of the squat is going to get the pelvic floor to contract, but it can also help us push through some of those stick points. You're going to see people who get stuck and they audibly make a sound like they'll go, ah, or scream or make a sound at some point. That was probably the most embarrassing sound I've ever made, but you get the point where when we're having that sticking point, we see like, for example, research in tennis that when they hit the racket, the tennis ball with their racket, they are making a sound vocalizing because it allows them to generate more power. We can use that from a performance perspective, but we can also use that from a pelvic floor perspective. So that performance pelvic floor connection is fantastic because we get less people farting in the bottom of the squat and we get more people who are getting as strong as we can possibly get them on a barbell. So those are the three big ones that I wanted to talk about today. So queefing, corgasms, and farting in the bottom of the squat. If this is you, I really want you to know that this is much more common than we think. With queefing, they, I even saw estimates that were like 40 to 69% of females have experienced this at some point. I don't know the number specifically on exercise, but it is something that we have experienced in if this is you, know that it is okay and that there is things that we can do. The first thing we're always going to bias towards is to coach through some of these movements. Can we change the way that you are exercising in a way that is going to bring your symptoms down without removing anything that you want to be doing? And if that coaching, those movements doesn't help, then reaching out to a pelvic floor PT in your area is going to give you the best game plan possible to try and prevent these things from happening, especially if you're experiencing that embarrassment and it's creating a barrier to exercise. We don't want any barriers to movement. We want to be as strong and resilient as we possibly can and making sure that these things don't happen or we don't have to worry about these things happening as often is wonderful. All right, that is it for today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed that. Let me know if any of these tips helped. I really hope they do, and we will see you all next time.